Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montilla, officially known as your mayor of PHNX. And of course, I am joined by my co-host, the vice mayor of PHNX, the one and only Jesse Friedman. I just can't wait to hear our music today, Derek. We we have the mailbag Monday music ready to go. Oh, I'm I'm ready to go at all times with the mailbag okay. Monday music. You know, right, baby. Right. But yeah, I know it is it is Monday. It is a mailbag Monday, and we can't wait to get to your questions. But of course, this mailbag Monday is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use our code of PHNX and simply for betting one dollar on any NFL or NBA game. Basically, for anybody to score any points at all, you will get $100 in free bets instantly. And then you can do what I did this weekend. You turn around, you bet those free bets on parlays, you hit those parlays, uh, and then you just have yourself a really, really pleasant weekend. Uh, I spent my money preemptively on brisket for this Thanksgiving because, no, I, I am not... Jesse, I'm not doing turkey in my household this Thanksgiving. I am going Mm. a less traditional route. Uh, I credit people from social media. Sometimes, you know, people from social media tend to be your inspiration for things. And I think I remember last Thanksgiving just, again, not not hating the turkey. I I don't hate turkey. No, no, you don't hate turkey. It's just not that great, though. It's just really not that great. And after a while, you start to be honest with yourself about it, right? Like, you start to realize that Thanksgiving really has become one of those holidays or eating holidays, for me at least, that is more about the sides than it is about the main, main event, right? So now, by incorporating brisket, as our main event, right? Not only do we have mm. traditional Thanksgiving toppings, right? But then we're going in two different routes. Otherwise, we're going with some more barbecue-related, uh, you know, sides, as well as my wife's busting out a full-on like taco bar. Uh, if you really? want to turn your really? brisket into a taco, I, I don't know where this comes from, but it excites me very much, though, and. Uh, I, I I like the diversity of my Thanksgiving, to be honest, more so than your traditional turkey. Now, I am not going to hate on anybody for serving turkey, whether it's deep fried, whether you smoke it, whether you just cook it in an oven. I am not going to uh, say anything negative about it. What I will say, what I will ask you to question is, why don't we eat this more 
if it's so good. <laughs> well, what bothers me is is the snobs who are like, well, turkey is good. You're just not cooking it right. And it's like, oh, eh, I mean, <laughs> I got so much of that today, Jesse. I mean, You're right. yeah, yeah. I've tried it several different ways. And again, I'm a big chicken turkey guy. I don't I like it's one of my favorite sandwiches when I yeah. go to like uh, a sub place or, you know, various sure. different items or options that I will choose. I'm not anti bird. I'm not I'm, an, I'm not an anti bird guy. <laughs> I just think with my years of experience in participating in Thanksgiving, I cannot remember one time where I was just like, holy shit. This turkey is who cooked this turkey? Who <laughs> cooked this turkey? This turkey is so damn moist. I need to know who cooked it. It's perfect. This is the best turkey I've ever had in my life. Never once have I ever done that. Yeah, I have done that about sides. I've done that about potato salad. I've done mm. that about macaroni and cheese, but I have never once been that excited at Thanksgiving or a barbecue in general about the turkey. And that's again, it's not an indictment of turkey. I'm not trying to attack turkey here. I'm just saying I do things differently, and you can too. Once someone questioned it in front of me, it caused me to open up my third eye, Jesse, and start thinking differently as far as what Thanksgiving could be. I get it. I understand. People, you eat certain things on certain holidays. My family, we're Puerto Rican, so like during Christmas, uh, we eat a very particular type of, of pork right it's huh. it's just a thing we do right but it's a tradition and we've done it for years and i'm sure at some point my nephew or some other young person is going to come along and question the process and it's going to infuriate me however <laughs> for now i am still young enough to question this process this tradition of turkey and ask why do we still do this and do we need to still do this it is yeah turkey is just not it's just not that great and i mean you can apply the same logic of you know you're just not cooking it right to other things like you can also you not go. cook steak right but That's steak when it's cooked well is extraordinary yes right? absolutely they're absolutely. just on two different levels like turkey just has a much lower floor than well i've had some bad steaks i probably shouldn't say that steak can be pretty bad <laughs> okay if it's not so well I one time saw Anthony Bourdain cook a steak uh, himself on a, like a, you know, like a flat iron griddle, you know, something that you would have in like a dorm room or something. Or, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Like something you take yes. camping or something of that sort, right? Yes. And he was proving a point. He was proving a point that it really didn't matter what your heat source was or what anything was that you could cook a steak as long as you had heat that could get hot enough and you had the ability to season that steak that he could make a badass steak and man did he right but again uh. there's so much to the technique flipping it making sure that you apply enough he literally all he applied to it was salt and pepper no other seasoning really nothing else salt and pepper that was it and so again it's like you said you it, it you could you could say yes it's about how you cook it all you want and that is very true there are some people that can do wonders with very little um but there's only so much you can do with turkey at the end of the day yeah and the, I, I think mean, it's the ceiling if the difference isn't the floor it's the ceiling it's like it's a really ceiling. good right. turkey is just not that great my uh brother 
uh, his, his in-laws are tremendous people. They always invite us over for Thanksgiving and stuff. And, uh, my, my brother's father-in-law, Marty makes like fried Turkey and all sorts of other stuff. Right. And it's like, it's always this big process. It's always like it's a smoked turkey. It's a fried turkey. It's always something way more than just putting it in the oven and cooking. Right, it. right. And like you said, yeah, like at the end of the day, you have it. You're like, ah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 not any better <laughs> than like chicken tenders. I could get it out, yeah. but it's pretty good. It's pretty good, right? And like, it's not an insult to anything. It's the ceiling on fucking turkey. It can only get so good, right? So I just feel I, bad for the people who put like you know people will go hard on. It. I mean they'll they'll put like fourteen hours into prepping that's their what turkey. I mean. Yeah, and it's like, like I, why don't we spend those fourteen mm, hours on like the best steak you've ever had in your exactly. life? Exactly. You know? Like br- cooking a brisket is a whole process. Trust me, I've stayed up before. Mm. I've set alarms before because like really. It's, uh, well, depending on the size of it, it's usually like an hour to two hours per pound, right? So you have, if you have a big one, you can wow. be cooking a brisket for a long time if you're cooking it low and slow. And yeah, I have definitely spent an entire night of two-hour alarms waking me up to go check my brisket, make sure my heat oh my was still gosh. at 225 <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's, uh, to be honest, it's not really that worth it. I've just decided <laughs> to start cooking smaller briskets that don't require me to be up as late or early or however, you sure. know, whatever. But it is a process. There is, I think there is part of it that some people enjoy, right? I'm not, I, I that's, that's what I realized makes me different from my father. My father was a cook. He's a chef. He liked cooking. He'd put on some Puerto Rican music and he'd have a good time. He'd have himself a glass of wine or a or beverage and and enjoy it i hate cooking i want yeah. nothing more than to not be in the kitchen cooking so i burn stuff i start fires <laughs> i oh there's problems all the time jesse that i because i'm not paying attention uh to the cooking that's going on but uh i, I, had, hope... a, I had my microwave smoking the other day that's oh my that's god what cook i am <laughs> there was that, literally that i was phrase... I had my microwave <laughs> smoking. Oh, Happy I was literally everyone. I, w- I was eating up leftovers, and I don't know what it was with my leftovers. But after like fifteen seconds in the mic, you know what it was? It was um, I'd made brats the night before, and uh, and they were they it's were good always brats. the thing you made before that makes the fire or whatever in the yeah. Stove now I guess like. so. I don't yeah. know, but yeah, I, I heated up my brat and it had literally been in there for like 10 or 15 seconds. It wasn't even hot when I pulled it out, but there was like this notable, this, this noticeable smoky scent throughout my apartment. And I was like, what on earth did I do? And sure enough, I opened the microwave and there's just smoke pouring out of it. So yeah, yeah you probably don't want to invite me to your friend's giving. No, you're absolutely right. I, I, uh, <laughs> I cooked a bunch of chicken, like, but not like, not like chicken breasts, like full on chicken pieces that had like a lot of skin and fat on them. And yeah, it inevitably on my next usage of my grill caused a fire and there you shout go. out to, shout out to my wife, by the way, for being the real hero hero. While I stood back and went like fire, fire. My wife literally <laughs> just came out with some baking soda, fucking opened up the grill, sprinkled that shit on there and put the fire right out. Really? Like she was, baking soda, huh? Baking soda. Yes. Baking soda. If you're ever in an emergency, you don't have a fire extinguisher. It was incredible for a grease fire. Baking soda, put it out instantly. Uh, it was a mess to clean up wow. afterwards. But I credit my <laughs> wife for like not hesitating on putting out a fire. My 
a general approach, I guess, was just going to be to let it burn out. I have no idea where uh, I was going to go with it, but you know, it is what it is. So shout out to again, my wife for being the real hero in my household. Uh, but Jesse, the Arizona fall league done. It's over. We're done. It's over. We had the final game. And let me tell you, it was an ass kicking. The Mesa solar socks are your 2021, uh, Arizona fall league champions, but it, it kind of extends a little bit past that. Uh, the Arizona fall league, uh, the thing that, that final game, I mean, the solar socks really, <laughs> really just dominated in that game. Their starting pitcher had a perfect, uh, it was a Cubs prospect. Caleb Killian had a uh, mm. perfect game essentially in his six innings of work. He, wow. he, he, did, he didn't go the full game, but he was pulled right. out after six, but yeah, they uh, didn't finish the combined no hitter though. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, end. and so, uh, yeah, it, they did not, they did not, uh, they got close, but I think it was a one hit performance after all was said and done. Uh, but Caleb mm. Killian did have uh, six perfect innings, uh, 18 up, 18 down, um, wow. 16 swinging strikes on 68 total pitches. Uh, wow. so that is great. a lot. Great night, man. Um, Mesa, Mesa Solar Sox win in a 6 nothing victory. And nobody really cares, again, about the outcome of the game. I don't think too much, but uh, no. Killian just uh, – it's another example, I think, of what someone can do in Arizona Fall League, right? It's this uh, name for himself has been made in a way. Yes, you can have all of your uh, prospects, you can have all of your reports, all your scouting, everything like that, to go out against other major league quality players and be as dominant as he as he was this entire fall league season was impressive. But more specifically, in the you know in the championship game was uh, you know a, another reason why they do it. It's 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 why they do it. You you can show up in a game like this and. Uh, instantly improve your stock instantly get your name and consideration for the team especially a team like the cubs right like if the Di the diamondbacks did have uh slade uh sacconi in there i'm not going to i'm not going to put the emphasis i'm not i'm not giving you the extra tonight <laughs> but um, uh. you know like he was um he was his a uh, fall league was cut a bit short due to his innings limit but he he's a guy that had a great performance as well another mm -hmm. guy that probably improved you know his stock is what when we might see him when the diamondbacks might call him up all of that kind of stuff that's that's what i think the entire purpose of this fall league is for not just to get more reps and more you know live outs against real opposition i think it's a chance for these guys to truly make a name for themselves early on and and get people talking about them within the organization I loved how uh, the Fall League Championship game was on MLB Network. Uh, that was talked, awesome. Yeah, yes. we talked before about how you know they should they should try to market themselves better. And yeah, it's fun. You know, Scott Braun on the call and um, just hearing those guys go on about all these different prospects. I thought it was I thought it was really uh, just a really a really cool event. And especially now with the World Series and the entire postseason over, it gives us you know some baseball. I mean, there's there's uh, something to be said for having live baseball to watch in late November, which you're just not going to find anywhere yeah. else right now. So, yeah, Major League Baseball should, you know, do their best to try to market 
uh, the games that are happening. And, and right now it's the fall league and Derek, I'm, I'm endlessly jealous that you were able to be there for, for so many of these games and, and talk to buddy Kennedy and, um, you know, just, just be out there and, uh, enjoying, enjoying life at the office that is soccer fields <laughs> or, uh, you know, all of the different stadiums in the Valley. It is, uh, uh, it is quite a bit of fun. And for our listeners, if you didn't make it out this year, it's going to happen next year. So yeah, don't miss get out it. there next year. Don't, I, I don't think... miss it again. It's really something to, something to be excited about. I feel like more than the spring training, more than spring training, there's this ultimate feeling of regret when Arizona fall league comes and goes. I don't think enough people make it out. I don't think enough people make it out to as many games as they would like to. I feel that way. I mean, I got to go out, especially when Patrick from DNVR was here. I went out to almost every, like a full, full week's worth of games with him. But yeah, uh, yeah it does get to that point where you take it for granted. And, uh, it, you know, it can, it, it comes and goes pretty quickly and next thing you know, it's gone and you didn't get a chance to make it out. So, um, it's, it's definitely different though. Uh, as far as I know a lot of people don't like going to spring training games anymore for what it's become. Spring training games have become like an event that people come out for. They're excited. Sun's out, guns out. We're wearing tank tops. We're wearing shorts. We're happy that it's spring. <laughs> It's a great time of the year to be out. It's a great environment. The weather's perfect, um, but they're packed. They really are, you know. Yeah. So, their so tickets are expensive too, and they're expensive like, too. It yeah, is you're not, not getting... unusual for a Salt River Fields spring training Diamondbacks game to be more expensive to attend than a lot of their regular season games. Obviously, that's, depending on which that's a good kind of that's a good point. Play, but yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it can be like you know 40 bucks in order to get a decent seat for and last year spring training game not to cut you off sorry about that but last year the, during the pandemic they made you buy two seats together no matter what at the right. very least right so you if 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 you were going to game by yourself and you were looking to pay for it you were paying 80 dollars for two seats yeah. essentially you know and yeah i'm i'm with you there versus the nine dollars i don't think we'll see that next spring obviously i think we're past that point but yeah um you we did see with the arizona fall league again nine dollars you could sit wherever you want at the last game i attended i was around a bunch of like foreign exchange students that knew nothing about baseball i have no mm. idea what they were doing there or anything <laughs> like that uh they were explaining the rules of the game to each other which i found to be quite amusing around me uh but mm. it was it was just again i was thinking like that you know, if you had nothing to do, that would be a pretty cool like thing to catch a baseball, like a, a you know, fall league baseball game while you're doing other stuff here in town. Uh, if you're just here for a limited amount of time, uh, it just adds to Arizona having our, you know, year round baseball, uh, that the legend that you and I are, are creating and talking about. It's, it's the truth though. Now we end, we enter the dead zone, right? We enter the brief dead period and we enter well, the uncertainty of the CBA that's coming up and what's going to happen with the lockout. But uh, it doesn't have to say? be a dead zone. It no. doesn't have to be dead zone. What has to happen is that every week we have to take the entire PHNX crew out to a park and we have to play wiffle ball. Let's and go. The people, Let's the people will come go. flocking to see oh, Esco try to crank one out of the park i'm just saying oh, so it doesn't God. have to be a baseball dead zone this could be the most entertaining portion of the year 
for the baseball schedule. So I'm Jesse, just throwing that out there, Derek. I'll, I'll be home for a couple weeks this winter. So we'll, I we'll like see if we can idea. make that happen. Let's put Saul Bookman <laughs> as catcher and let's get me on third base as a runner. I'm running <laughs> him over, Jesse. I'm running Saul over. Oh, um, my gosh. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. I'm writing that one down in the book, but uh, it's it, 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 it our, our time for ideas is over. It's our time to answer some questions, Jesse. It's yes. Monday. It's Mailbag Monday. So you know what we do around here. We do the thing that we do. It's Mailbag Monday. A box, always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow, my mailbox. All right, we got some good ones today. I just want to say really quickly, I'm not trying to undermine anybody by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, you're putting us in a weird position when you want to ask us super negative, awful questions. We're, (laughs) We're trying to keep things light and positive around here. At times, do we feel as you do? Absolutely. Absolutely. There is not a doubt in my mind that at times that Jesse and I both feel hopeless and sad about this team. But that time is not now. Now is the offseason. Mm-hmm. Now is the time where they just hired some good coaches. They have a plan in place. And it's time to see if this new plan can work out. In the meantime, we are going to ans- answer a couple of questions that we found to be very, very intriguing. The first one being from our guy, Motion, at the OG Motion. And I really love this question. Uh, he asks... Do you guys think the Diamondbacks should do something to make the Chase Field experience better or just start over and build a brand new ballpark? Mm. I like this question, that's really, Jesse. That's really interesting, yeah. Uh, I think the reason why I say that is because I draw from my experience about the Footprint Center where the Phoenix Suns play, right? This was America West Arena, the Purple Palace, uh, U.S. Airways Arena, whatever name you wanted to call it in the past. I have attended events at this place my entire life, it feels like. I remember yeah. when it was the new cool place. And I remember when it was the uh, janky, lame place that nobody wanted to go see concerts at anymore. <laughs> I described to you before we started this show a concert I went to with my wife uh, where we went to go see Sia. And the sound system was so bad that I just, <laughs> I, I like I was in disbelief. I couldn't believe how crackly and terrible the speakers were. I couldn't believe how antiquated and aged the building was. It makes me feel old going in there. So the reason why I bring this up is because the facelift that they did to it, the phases, it seemed to me like it was a a hopeless endeavor. I did not believe in what they were doing. The end result, the new footprint center is beautiful and it's open and it's wide. They sacrificed some seats in order to open it up and make it just a better experience for fans. I know during the playoffs, uh, when the Suns had their remarkable playoff run that went to the the NBA Finals, some friends and I bought like upper, upper, upper deck seats and never spent more than one quarter in those seats because of the availability of bars and standing room and all sorts of other options there is for you at that stadium or at that arena. It's just a different experience. So I believe strongly that the Diamondbacks could make some renovations to Chase Field and make it a better experience. I think there's a lot of things they could do. I don't know personally the logistics and how complicated it would be. I do know in some cases that it it just might flat out be too difficult 
to make renovations to a building with a retractable roof and everything that they have in there. I, I don't know. Right. I think at times I've attended games when they've opened the roof up and the, and the shutters and every, and the windows and everything they open up and it feels like a different experience. You know, it feels yeah. like a very happy, you know, it feels like a very happy environment versus what I normally experience attending it when the roof is closed. Right. Yeah. Huge. I also know that it's 115 degrees here in Phoenix in July, and you just can't have an open roof all the time. And I get, I get all of that. I just think that even if they didn't necessarily mess with their open roof format and just changed kind of some of the seating and such in the, in the ballpark, they could improve the experience. I just, you know, even, even with how hopeful I am based on what they did next door, I am a bit hopeless at times when it comes to Chase Field, Jesse. It is uh it is a bit of a, a different situation than the Suns Arena, right? Because you can like all NBA stadiums, they're not all the same, but in a sense they are. Like the yep. general structure of an NBA arena is going to be roughly the same. Whereas, you know, if I picture the ideal future home of the diamondbacks it doesn't look anything like chase field right and it has more to do with you know the general design and structure of the building than it does you know the technology on you know the center field uh the center field screen for example right correct but but i am totally with you that there are many things that they could improve in order to make it a significantly better place to watch a game than yeah. what it is right now. I mentioned yeah. the center field screen. I don't know if you've noticed this, Derek, but I swear there's like about like, like some little squares of pixels on the center field screen that just don't work yes. <laughs> from time to time. I, I can definitely... confirm that a hundred percent. There are <laughs> several. Yeah. There are several also, little splotches uh, that just don't work. I, I know this sounds really dumb because of how well I know chase field, but like i don't know if i am not on the like infield side sitting looking out towards the outfield i don't even know where to find where we're at in the game if i can't see that big scoreboard (laughs) and there are several places for you to find it like it's not like it's not available it's just not as easy to find when you sit in certain parts of the ballpark my my bigger problem though is just I don't know. I guess like the openness and, and things like things I didn't like about Phoenix Suns Arena was or the Footprint Center were like how like closed up it was, how how there were all these concrete walls and stuff everywhere. And yeah, it was they, very you're right. There was so much concrete everywhere. Right, like it, it almost it, it, it almost felt like there was an outer building and then an inner building that you had to like cross over <laughs> to get into. And right. now, like when you walk in the main entrance for instance you can see the court all the way through you can see past the big bar and you can see into where the court is you might not get a good view of it but you can see like all the way through it's a completely different experience and just opening those walls up opening some of those areas up just makes it feel like a completely different experience than that confined concrete wall thing i just i don't know if chase field can get away from that 
I, I'll say the other part about it too is you have the Phoenix Convention Center right across the street. That's not going anywhere. And that's never yeah. going to be anything. So its position in downtown Phoenix is always going to be up against, you know, some <laughs> some legitimate railroad like uh you know crossing yard area where you know uh freight railroads come through and the phoenix <laughs> convention center and there's just not there's not the opportunity for them to even build anything around there that would make it a better entertainment area that you would want to visit right mm. we've talked about this endlessly with the colorado rockies ballpark in in denver but right yeah. like that's one of those situations where you you want to go to an area like that, right? The baseball game is just one of the attractions in that area. Phoenix is perpetually spread out. That's just the way that we are in this town. Yes, but yes. there's other areas that have done a better job of bringing you know all that entertainment together. If you ask me, outside of renovating Chase Field, Salt River Fields is definitely the other the only other place I can envision them ending up. I don't mm. envision them just to answer all the negative questions and things we got. I don't envision them moving outside of the state, not to Las Vegas, not to Nevada, uh, not to New Mexico, not to any other stupid ass place that we can make up that they're going to go. But if they're going to go somewhere, it's Salt River Fields. You have the casino, you have Top Golf just right on the other side. You have the the aquarium and the Boardwalk Arizona there. That's an inter- entertainment thing. You have Medieval yeah. Times. You have their own facility. That just it screams to me that they are going to end up eventually over there in that area with mm. other bars and you know places for people to go and things, restaurants, things for people to do around it. You know, uh, very similar to kind of what we see with State Farm Stadium in Glendale. You know, that kind of Westgate type atmosphere around sure. it, where it, it's only there mostly because of you know the them building a stadium <laughs> there. But right, I don't know, right. That's, yeah, that's, Salt that's Salt River is Salt River is a pretty lovely place. It's just a question that, like, obviously you can't viably have a big league stadium with only, you know, I don't know what it holds, like maybe fourteen thousand if the lawn is like totally. Oh yeah, packed. yeah, yeah. So, no, I'm not talking about actually playing but, at Salt River. But, I just but the area is phenomenal. Venue. Yeah, yeah. Have you and been to, to be the honest, aquarium there? Have you been to that I, aquarium that's across the street? It's funny you say that. I'm a lifetime member to that aquarium. Really? I really? bought uh, I bought myself, my wife, and my daughter lifetime memberships before it was built. Uh, wow. And it was not, you, you must have gotten some sort of a special deal if you it made was, that big of a commitment before it was even it was before it even existed. Shockingly uh, inexpensive. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's still not cheap, but um you know, an annual membership was something like $150 or something like that. Uh, basically, it's like double that to be a, a lifetime member. So it was like okay. kind of like $300 per person. Wow. My daughter was four at the time. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure we'll get our money's worth out of it for her <laughs> membership. Yeah. Well, um, well, next spring, Derek, I'm looking forward to, to I don't know, feeding. What, what can you feed there? I've never been uh, there. You can, you any- can, you can. You can feed some rays. They have some rays there. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we'll feed the stingrays together. Yeah, it'll be a it'll be a, yep. a weekly a weekly activity. As yeah, we go we'll we'll make training. it a segment on this show. I'll I'll introduce yeah. <laughs> you to Squidney. She's their sloth. There's a sloth. There's some birds. There's Lu- a sloth. Lucy and Ricky. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh yeah. The main attractions though, 
penguins and otters. The otters, they're incredible. I could watch the otters for hours. They the could otters, just do the yes. same thing, like just be cute and swim, and that's all I need. But um, <laughs> what I need from you guys is not to worry about the otters being cute, but worry about uh, your 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 profits being cute at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. <laughs> Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use our code of PHNX. And simply for betting $1 on any NFL or NBA team to win, uh, not not win, score any points. You don't even need to worry about winning, just like I don't. When I bet, I don't even worry. The winning, gone, guys. I don't, yeah, sometimes I bet the spread. But more importantly, lately I'm betting the unders on the quarterback's passing yards because that's, that's the real key to adding on to your parlays. In my uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app and my same game parlays, I do whatever I can to just pepper in those extra, you know, those extra factors, right, Jesse? You you get as many legs added on to a same game parlay. The more legs you add on, the bigger the profit. I'm adding on, like, I don't believe in these quarterbacks. So I am taking the under on their passing yards. I'm taking the under on running backs, uh, you know, getting a hundred yards. I, I don't believe in anybody, Jesse. I'm taking the unders on scores. Uh, but most importantly, uh, just a reminder that DraftKings little uh single game parlay that I told you guys about on Friday, that bad boy hit, and you know, I hit mm. on it too. So uh, yes, I took the 49ers first to five points. I took the 49ers covering the spread, and I also took both of their jabroni quarterbacks getting under. Uh, whatever passing yards I was able to select. And the beautiful part about DraftKings Sportsbook, it gives you these options. You can go on there. Yes, there's the standard uh, you know, yardage for uh, for the two quarterbacks over under, but then there's alternative yards, Jesse. So if you're looking to hit a same game parlay, you just go and you add some of these ridiculous, like if you know a quarterback hasn't hit 300 yards all season, go hit the under on him for 299 and a half yards. Why wouldn't you? It's what I did tonight on the Chargers game. And I think I'm up right now. So you guys go, go, go right now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. Use our code of PHNX. Get your $100 in free bets. Turn those into cash money in your pocket. Uh, 21 and over only. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Dial 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. All right, Jesse. Second question from the mailbag comes from Tim. Uh, I don't know if this is my friend Tim that I do snacks with. This might be a burner account of his because he is also an ASU fan. But Tim comes to us at ASU Family Fan, and he wants to know, buyers or sellers, is there enough money to be buyers, or are they selling guys like Marte? Well, first, Mm. I'm going to address the second part of that question and say they are not selling guys like Marte. Not right now. I don't think the Diamondbacks really are in a position uh, as far as their spending goes to worry about spending they are not spending a whole lot of money on the guys that they have right now on their roster so i don't need i don't don't think they need to be selling but i do think there's the money to be buying jesse not a lot but some money even though mike hazen says they're not really interested in filling positional needs externally it'll be interesting to see to see what they do it's actually it's funny that that Tim mentions Catel Marte because I don't know if this has happened to you, Derek, but I actually am getting like semi-frequent DMs from fans of other teams 
who are like literally throwing trade proposals at yes him. like do me you too. think do you think and it's always Cattel Marte <laughs> yeah that everyone yeah. wants Cattel Marte and yeah. I mean obviously just because I mean it's not exactly a shock that other fan bases are chasing after one of the best you know controllable young players like Vultures, Marte. Jesse. They're yeah right right but um but yeah I mean I don't I would not classify the Diamondbacks as sellers. Uh, I think, I mean, buyer seller is more of those terms are more often used at the trade deadline, right? Like when your team is kind of has a defined direction, you're either in the playoff mix or you're not. But I I don't know. I think what, I think I get what he's getting here at as far as moving on from talent that they've already kind of paid some money towards. But again, that's why I fall back on the old, they're not really spending that much money. So I don't feel like they're in a position to worry about fiscally being more conservative and, and shedding any more of their payroll. They're, they're already one of the lowest payrolls in baseball, and they are absolutely the lowest payroll in the NL West. I think yeah. the question kind of leans more towards, are they buying, I think, anybody really when it comes to it? Yeah. I, I, I've heard a lot of names flown around. I know that uh, Clint Frazier, for instance, is a name that once again has been rumored attached to the Diamondback forever. Yeah, until until he becomes one. a Diamondback, Clint Frazier will forever be attached somehow to this team. But uh, to be honest, I actually don't think the timing is too terrible right now. If they could get someone like Clint Frazier on a one-year deal, that's not the worst. Uh, I, I don't hate that at all i think that what they're going to be looking for is guys of of clint frazier's caliber now as far as experience in the league to bring them in and kind of mix them with this young talent that they're going to be bringing up the issue with clint frazier is that he's a miserable defender (laughs) so i don't know (laughs) not exactly uh, the kind of guy you want mentoring the youth of this team yeah no i don't I don't know if um, I mean, the the bat is enticing. There's uh, certainly some untapped potential there. But um, but yeah, so I, I think it's like you said, I mean, they have some money to spend and we expect they're going to spend it. So in that sense, you know, maybe you want to call them a buyer um, and they have some assets that they could sell. I, I don't think unfortunately, the only assets that they have to sell are assets that would be pretty significant if they move. So tell Marte is one of them. Um, Carson Kelly, I've heard a couple people, uh, no one, you know, no one saying that there's rumors of this happening or anything, but people have, have mentioned that Carson Kelly um, could be a really hot name on the market just because there aren't really a whole lot of catchers available in free agency. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's certainly something they could look to take advantage of. You've got Dalton Varsho behind him, who, who you could have do a lot of catching if you wanted to. Um, and the other name, and I have to, I have to credit uh, my buddy Jeff Weiser for this one. Um, okay. he, was, uh, he was telling me the other day that Josh Rojas could be a trade candidate for the team. Um, just because Rojas is a left-handed hitter on a team that is very, very left-handed as it is. If you want to move Cattell Marte to second base, that's kind of Rojas's most natural position. Correct. I don't know if his bat necessarily plays in a corner outfield spot. I don't know if you want him as a third baseman all the time. So that kind of makes sense. Uh, maybe they, they would look to move him too. But beyond those three guys, I mean, in terms of selling, if you trade, you know, a David Peralta or Nick Ahmed, you're not really going to get much. Um, so 
those are the only really significant selling moves I could see. And, and frankly, I don't really expect any of those things to happen. I don't, I, I guess I don't blame any player or team for making any free agent moves or doing anything, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to do, see the Arizona Diamondbacks not do anything until the MLB collective bargaining agreement is is all sorted out, right? We I mean, are only got like 10 days, right? So Correct. December 1st. <laughs> December 1st. Yep. Uh, Jesse actually has an incredible article on how the current CBA proposals could affect the Arizona Diamondbacks, and you can check that out on gophnx.com. Become a member of gophnx.com you can either become an annual member and you'll get a free t-shirt uh, from the phnxlocker.com that's a free t-shirt of your choice we just gave one away as part of a promotion that we did on our twitter account we did. And... and he bought a stupid cardinal shirt <laughs> son of a bitch. we we, we, of we love our listeners we do <laughs> you're and see again see even if you win a shirt from us you can still pick a cardinal shirt that's how we are around here we'll we judge just, you for it but we're gonna we'll, judge you we'll for it we're gonna we'll shame you and call you bad you. names yeah. but we're gonna send it to you correct <laughs> honestly that is exactly how our work chat goes on slack if you want to inside baseball look at, at how life at phn uh. goes it's the same thing you could say something in there you're gonna be attacked for it but uh <laughs> they will still let you speak your mind so go become a member either the annual membership and again check out the coyotes or the sun's phnx underscore coyotes phn phnx underscore sons uh, they might have a little sweet deal to offer you if you want to sign up for an annual membership that might just make it that much more enticing especially during the holiday season get yourself a couple of free t-shirts send them out to your friends your family your loved ones you become the hero of the holiday seasons you keep the subscription for yourself uh, also you can become a month to month member and you will get your first mem monthly membership uh for 50 cents and that's just a little appetizer to see if you like what we got going on over here and again i strongly encourage you to check out uh, Jesse's article because the CBA is interesting. It's impactful. Jesse yeah. and I both agree that we do not think that this is going to affect the MLB season next year, but what the hell do either of us know? As far yeah. as we know, this is, I mean, let's be honest. This is the first work stoppage since 1995. And we know for a fact that there was a, a delay in that season. So uh, hopefully we don't see that this time and hopefully they can get this rectified. The The sake of the sport is on the line. I, I hate, yeah, I hate to is. use hyperbole. I hate to make it sound so dramatic, but let's be honest. People don't really give a shit about baseball at times. And <laughs> if it's not affecting their straight up saying that on our I, baseball, podcast. I know I'm telling you, I'm telling you, well, because the people on here, they give a shit. The people listening, you yeah. care. I get it. But we all know. I'm talking all about that we're the casual kind of the sports fans. fan, right? Yeah. We are in, in the baseball world, right? We are <laughs> we're, we're drifting closer to like <laughs> like indoor soccer and lacrosse and stuff <laughs> like than being closer to like football and basketball. Do not and, speak that language. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, you're right. I that was too much. That was too much, but um got one more question before we let you guys go and this last question of course comes from our friend jim marshall who should just be a part of the show at this part so jim if you're he listening should. he really just should. come on the show and be with us here but he is at on twitter at baseball az and he asks do you think az should look at luke weaver as the closer or maybe even caleb smith mm -hmm. and 
That question is a big-time affirmative. A- as it stands, the Arizona Diamondbacks do not have a closer right now. True. Right? Who's their closer? I'll wait. No? Nothing? Um, okay. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> J.B. Wendelkin about... is the closest that they had. Shut up. No, that is not their closer. Um, well, Luke Weaver, though, right? Again. <laughs> okay, he Luke... was actually their closer. For no, a I time. know. You're not, right. Not no, for very right. long. But, but, but yes, right. moving forward, no, no. they do not have a closer. Absolutely. Well, and Luke Weaver and Caleb Smith are both guys that have proven to be very good in short stints. You know? But they've both proven that at times you don't really know how much you're going to get out of them. Caleb Smith has looked fantastic at times, to be honest. Uh, I know it's a small sample size. I know he's at times the, the times I'm talking about might not, you know, be the entire performance of his, his outing, but in watching him at times, he has been, you know, outstanding and Luke Weaver has shown signs of brilliance in short stints as well. So I I don't hate this idea. I don't even hate the thought of just making both of these guys relievers at this point. I think Mm -hmm. Luke Weaver might have a little bit harder uh, time with it. I think Caleb Smith uh, has the attitude kind of of somebody that's always trying to prove people wrong. So even if you put him in the the bullpen, I feel like he's still going to be good. He might even be better. Because he just might make him that much more angrier. He might just be that much more of a psychopath than he already is. Again, <laughs> not, I, I, not trying to attack this person, uh, him as a person. I would never want to get on Caleb Smith's bad side. So I don't, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> never, never would I ever want to do that. But um, I will say that, uh, you know, I think, I think both guys are still very valuable pitchers. I think Luke Weaver at times, I'm still not ready to give up on him as a starter. Um, and honestly, that might, you know, be the case for Caleb Smith. Really, this team can only have so many pitchers in their starting rotation, though. So uh, I wouldn't be opposed to either of these guys being a part of their bullpen and, and a part of that closing situation. Well, right now you've got, I mean, if we think about who fits into the starting rotation, you've got Zach Gallen, Madison Bumgarner, Merrill Kelly, Luke Weaver. Those are kind of the four that are like, okay, these guys, at least assuming things sort of stay the, the way that they are, those are the guys that you that you would put in there. The sure. issue is that that's only four guys. So right. they already are one short, and we're not necessarily expecting them to go out and sign someone. So right. I think they're, they're Is Tyler starting... Gilbert that guy? Tyler, Tyler Gilbert is absolutely a candidate. Um, we've got both of the Humbertos, of course, um, who, who uh, might be in the mix for that spot as well. Um, I'm so glad we got two Humbertos. That's awesome. Yeah, one Humberto lead the league, is, lead the league be, in Humbertos would be shameful, but two Humbertos is really there's That's there's the a lot of amount. there's a lot of pride that comes from that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, speaking on um, on Caleb Smith here, Caleb Smith last season made 13 starts. And was one in eight with a 6.95 ERA. So not great as a starter. As a reliever in 32 outings, and a lot of these were multiple innings. Uh, this is covering 56 and two-thirds innings, so about two innings per outing. Uh, he had a 270 ERA, um, 59 strikeouts in those 56 and two-thirds innings, a whip of 115. Uh, really 
solid numbers across the board. His walk rate was way lower coming out of the bullpen than it was as a starter. So honestly, I, uh, barring, you know, Caleb Smith shoving in spring training and, you know, showing us something new, which absolutely could happen. I'm at the point where I think I want Caleb Smith in the bullpen, especially because he's left-handed and the diamondbacks following the departure of Andrew Chafin don't have a whole lot in the way of, of left-handed relief pitching. It's pretty much him and Joe Mance apply is, is what they have at this point. So, um, so yeah, I think Caleb Smith, you're probably going to want in the bullpen. Luke Weaver is interesting. He's a guy who I think is probably going to be in the rotation as of right now um, and didn't have a horrible season. Um, I mean, his ERA was was in the fours and, you know, his peripheral numbers weren't weren't too bad. He gave gives up a lot of home runs. Um, but Luke Weaver is a two pitch guy for the most part. I mean, it's his fastball and it's his changeup. And I think that's why, you know, Jim might really be onto something here because generally guys with do good pitches wind up in the bullpen. That's kind of how these things tend to work. And Luke Weaver so far is trying to work against that and trying to prove that he really can stay in a rotation with just those two pitches. But without a doubt, I mean, I'm kind of curious, Derek, to see what Luke Weaver would look like in the bullpen because we saw what it did for Caleb Smith. I mean, he has been, he was worlds better coming out of the bullpen last year. And you kind of wonder, you know, if, if Luke Weaver goes to the bullpen, does he turn from, you know, kind of a middle of the road starter into potentially a pretty good relief pitcher. If given the opportunity to, you know, let his stuff play up, take his velocity up a little bit. I'm pretty intrigued by that. And I think it would be kind of fun to see what would happen. I don't think Luke, wants any part of that but nah. that's sort of the nature of of how these things work so relievers or starters who who struggled right and and luke might is not too far away from being in that in that category it's such a weird thing because who whoever wants to be be a relief pitcher no no one you know really i no I, one, yeah. I i get wanting to be a starting pitcher or even a closer right but nobody's like you know what i want to be i want to be a solid one inning bullpen relief guy Right. Like yeah. nobody says that. Is the, there the... anything else in the real world that's like that? Like cool. where like like you can have like like some relievers have incredible careers, right? Like Mariano Rivera, you know, Trevor Hoffman. Like we have these legends like it's not it's not as if it's a job that is super looked down upon, but it's a job that you pretty that you never aspire to. Like you get thrown in it because you couldn't do something else. I don't know. Like, is that the only thing in the world that's really like that? I, I could compare my prior job, my day job to working at like a bank to being like that. Right. Like you, okay. you no one, no one, you know, my, <laughs> when I put in my two week notice to leave my prior job, one thing that my boss said to me that inspired me so much was he said, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I want to go work at the bank. You know, <laughs> and like, that's so true because even when you look at other jobs that might, oh yeah, that job doesn't pay a lot, but like what you do, for instance, like teaching, there's a nobility there, right? There's something that yeah. you can be proud of doing the job, even if at the end of the day, you're not getting paid as much as someone that does a more menial job. You can say my job is fulfilled. I right, think that right. goes with working in sports and working with what we do, right? Like 
everybody wants to work in sports. It's not easy. You know, you and I could both testify to that after having to cover a baseball team during the off season alone is not easy, let alone. Everything <laughs> we literally talk about a 52 win team that is not currently playing games five days a week. And we love it. <laughs> you want <laughs> like, to talk how crazy are we? <laughs> we are insane people. Right. But that's the beauty of it. Like when you find something you really love and, to be honest, not to toot our own horn, but beep, beep, I think we're pretty good at, right? I think you and I enjoy talking about this team. I think we're pretty good at it. It's just, it, 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 at the end of the day, sometimes people don't aspire to do some of these other jobs. And I think a relief pitcher is exactly there. It doesn't mean that when I was at the bank, I didn't get awards and I didn't travel <laughs> based on wow, my you got, accomplishments. you got awards working at Believe a bank? it or not, yes. I don't, again, I'm wow. trying not to toot my own horn too much. So you're so it. you're like the Mariano Rivera of working at a bank is what you're I, telling us Sure, right now. that's what I could say, right? <laughs> uh, but I, again, who cares about those kind of achievements, right? And that, that could be the said if they had some sort of like, oh, the relief pitcher of the year award. So fucking what, right? Like you're a relief pitcher. You're still not winning a Cy Young. You're still not getting some sure. sort of like. Although the some best relievers have league. gotten pretty close to winning Cy Young awards. It does happen every now and then. It does. Right. And I mean, some, and, and, and when they do, they're deserving of it. Right. I always appreciated the way that like the Yankees during their run stacked their relief pitching. You knew exactly who you were going to get, and you still couldn't do anything about it, right? Mm -hmm. You knew the order that they were going to come in. You knew how many innings they were going to pitch, and there was still nothing you could do when they had their setup guy and their closer just so locked in. You know, when your setup guy is so good, he could be a closer on 15 other teams. You're really in a position of, of making those seven and a half to ninth innings really hard to get through for the opposing team right yeah you're really shutting the door there the arizona diamondbacks could definitely use something like that and i don't give a shit if it's luke weaver or caleb smith i i think that at times i get as frustrated as tori lavolo did about guys seizing the opportunity grabbing that brass ring and if, if you look and you see that you're not gonna get, like caleb smith that there's not a great chance you're gonna break in that rotation then grab that brass ring of being the closer because that's a uh, that's that's nearly as good and in some situations even more valuable right having a solid closer and that that could be your new role that could be what ultimately you become like mariano rivera that could be what you hang your hat on so who knows mm. uh, i i could see either one of those guys breaking through because i think at times both of them are good enough to be starting pitchers the numbers for Caleb Smith obviously argue against what I just said, but I think mostly because I've seen him again at times have, you know, outings of brilliance, despite the fact that they might fall apart eventually at one part. So yeah, or yeah. at one point, but you know, maybe that closer role might be perfect for somebody like him. I don't know. He is. And when I make the jokes about being him being a stone cold killer and a psychopath, I, I'm, I, I, it's, it's just jokes, but I mean that this guy has a different demeanor than almost every single person on this baseball team. Yeah. Uh, and it's an, it's an intensity level that few of us ever reach in our life. And most of us wish we had in our back pocket to get to. Uh, so uh, I think Caleb Smith at the end of the day might be the perfect candidate for that 
type of role mm. it's just depending on performance that's a that's a good point i hadn't considered that if like i don't really think of of caleb smith as a as a great closer candidate just because you know i think the lefty specialist who can also get righties out like that role kind of fits him well but you're right he does kind of have that mentality and i'm not necessarily all for like basing a guy's role on the team off of you know their mentality and just kind of who they are as a person that doesn't just plan things all the time but with your closer it really kind of has to i mean that's you need someone there who is who is mentally strong and is who, who is going to uh you know keep their composure in tight situations and that's a pretty good point caleb smith might be that dude so we'll we'll see how it all turns out this is why like brent strom excites me and the reason why is just because all roads, all roads lead back to Brent Strong. Brent Strong. Well, us. yes. <laughs> here, it, and here's why I'll explain it. But uh, that different, it's a different perspective. It doesn't even matter if it was Brent Strom or a different pitching coach. The fact is, is that somebody else that can come in and frame something like that to Caleb Smith in a more positive way, where instead of him being so angry about taking out of the mm. starting rotation can be framed into you're a cold blooded killer and you need to be our closer. And you can just mentally make that guy accept that role in a different way. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's a great point. Sometimes it's all about the way that you manage someone and all you about how you motivate them. Right. You just talk to them in the same way. Like I could scream at my child all day long. It's not going to get great results, but if I can go to her and, and get her to help me with dinner instead of yelling at her to clean up after me, it's going to get a different result, you know? So it's, it's, it's all about the way you approach it. And I think Brent Strom approaching a lot of these pitchers uh, from the top, from all the way from Madison Bumgarner, all the way down to someone like Caleb Smith is going to be beneficial for this team. You know, I, I can't mm -hmm. wait to see, can't wait to see what he does. Right. Uh, but just as a reminder to you guys, uh, DraftKings, our uh, code over there is PHNX, of course, and you can go on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use our code. You will get $100 in free bets for betting $1 or more on any NFL or any NBA team to score. And do that. Do what I did. Take your free bets, turn them into real money, and then take your money out, put it in your pocket. Go buy brisket with it and make brisket yes. for Thanksgiving. That's what you need to do. I know it's expensive right now. So go get on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Win yourself some money. Win yourself some brisket. Uh, you can get Jesse and I on Twitter. I, of course, am at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse N. Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. But, of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports. That is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you're listening to us right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, subscribe there, send us a five-star review, and then jump over to YouTube and subscribe there as well and sign up for notifications. You'll get all of our hot, fresh, hot, fresh, baked Arizona sports content, whether it's the Suns, Cardinals, Diamondbacks, it doesn't matter. You will get it all delivered to you, and then you can decide on what you want to watch. Of course, uh, mostly comes down to whether you're an ASU or U of A fan, but the rest of it, I'm sure you will enjoy. Uh, we thank you guys so much for listening to us. On behalf of Jesse and myself, we appreciate the support. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you bet on it.